voulais pas que je m'en aille, mais j'ai dû m'en aller. J'ai pas appris à dire au revoir, j'ai dû improviser. On m'avait promis une belle vie, je suis parti sans me retourner. J'ai fini par atterrir ici, destination magique. J'avance les yeux fermés, ni grande erreur. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you're listening to this from. It's your lovely host, Nathan. And always was usual, Mr. Zenge. Uh, how are you guys doing? How are you doing, Mr. Zenge? Hello, everybody. Dummies and non-dummies alike. Greetings to you all. Yo, so, um, Mr. Zenge, you're very, uh, you're very savvy as to what's going on on the African continent. I mean, it's part of your, part of your study. Uh, so what's, uh, what's, what's going on in, in Africa? What's something that we should really pay attention to? Congo. Congo is what we're going to be talking about. Now, what, what exactly comes into your mind when someone says Congo, you know? Uh, Fali Pupa, Kofi Olomide. Okay. Electric guitars, groovy dance right. moves, you know, uh, vibes. Right. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure, like, like, because this is all you know about Congo. I'm, I'm quite certain that, like, when the camera is off, you just probably like whip out your Roomba dance. Oh man, I have a playlist oh. on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I have a playlist on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, so sadly, no. Um, what we're going to talk about Congo is kind of what basically Congo has been stereotyped as, and uh, this is important because you know people are dying. Um, so basically, this is what I'm going to be talking about. Congo has basically um, epitomized, you know, what is bad and dark about Africa. And, uh, you know, from its colonial history, slavery, uh, post-colonial, you know, corruption, um, mineral exploitation, and now uh, conflict. Well, conflict started like earlier, but like the conflict has sort of reignited. And okay. um, yeah, so that's that's what we're going to be talking about. Okay, so explaining that. what what we I don't know why I keep saying. <clears throat> well, I will be but, explaining. Uh, thank you very much. And you'll be asking questions. <laughs> I will be asking a lot of questions. But like, what what um, what uh, what what reignited this 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 conflict? Uh, or, basically, or and what what what's the cause of this conflict? And why the East? Well, so you see. In the last three months, Eastern Congo has seen a resurgence of violence, mostly perpetrated by a rebel group called M23 or March 23. Uh, what? Why March? Like March, like like walking in unison. March, March the date. Yeah, I'll get into that. But oh, okay. Like, let okay. me just give you like a little basics. So, okay. uh, basically, this conflict uh, reignited in sort of like a merry-go-round of international disputes in the region between the DRC and Rwanda, okay. right? Uh, so some observers actually say this is the most violent Eastern Congo has been in a decade. So since like 2012. So this is pretty worrying considering this was largely the site of the second Congo war that ended in 2002, which as you know, uh, was Africa's deadliest war and the world's deadliest war since World War II. Like some people say that around like 5 million people died or something like that. So a lot of people, that's like two and a half Botswanas. So that's, yeah. Whoa. So that's heavy. Let's just, yeah. So you can. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. Two and a half. Two <clears throat> and a half Botswana's. But like, what's, uh, what's M23's problem? What's their beef? What's their. So basically M23 stands for March 23, as I said, uh, okay. it was named after, uh, the date of a peace agreement that was signed 
with the Congolese government in 2009, mm -hmm. in March 20, uh, March the 23rd. Um, okay, so they're carrying that as their name to remind people of the peace agreement? Yeah, I, I, okay. I, yeah, I guess. Um, not, not creative, I guess. But, 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 yeah. but, 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 but yeah, it's not, not really creative, but um, that's because they're basically a combination of three main rebel groups from the first and second Congo wars. So the first and second Congo wars were in the 1990s. Now there's the Alliance of Democratic Forces for the Liberation of Congo, AFDL, that's one. And then there's the rally for the Congolese democracy and the National Congress for the Defense of the People of Congo. So these are three groups. There's the AFDL, the Rally for Congolese Democracy, and then there's the National Congress for the Defense of the People. So, so, so just to be clear, so, so three groups. So just to be clear, all those three groups make up M23. So M23 is like right here. So this is yes, like, it's like a coalition. Like right yeah. And then you have right under you have three guys, like the a AFDL. Uh -huh. Rally for Congo National Okay. CNDP, yeah. is basically the French. Okay. Uh, um, but what links these three groups together? I mean, like, wouldn't you just be like one organization? And just call yeah. yourselves M23. And not just... Yeah. Um, so that's basically why we have to talk about how they started. So okay. um, all of these groups basically emanate from a big violent event in 1994. Okay. Can you guess what that yeah. event was? Rwandan genocide. Yeah. Yes, the Rwandan genocide. Oh, the Rwandan genocide against the uh, Tutsi. Uh, Tutsi. Okay. Yeah. 1994. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know, the genocide that killed close to uh, around a million people, if not more. Uh, so that's and that's in a hundred days. So we're talking about like eight thousand people a day. But anyway, that's we're not going to be talking about the genocide today we're just this is relevant because that's where it started so um the rwandan genocide was a key catalyst to the first congo war so basically the m23 established themselves as a predominantly tutsi force who fights for the rights of the banyamulenge so basically congolese tutsis right in eastern congo uh, ethnically tutsi congolese uh, who face persecution from the hutus some of whom uh, perpetrated the genocide against the tutsis that basically fled the genocide, such as Interahamwe. Interahamwe was a militia that perpetrated the genocide. Wait, 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 wait. Slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. Yeah. So, 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 so. There's some. There's some. There's, there's a Rwandese tribe that's based in Eastern Congo. Ethnically Tutsi tribe. Eth ethnically Tutsi tribe. That is based in Congo. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh -huh. okay. That's no, not Congo. That, and I'll go. Okay. And and basically now they are defending ethnically Tutsis in Eastern Congo. That is their reason for existence. Okay. Who are being persecuted by the Interahamwe, who the Hutus who persecuted the Tutsis in oh, Rwanda. Okay. So now when they left, they sort of the argument is that they started persecuting the Tutsis okay. in Congo. So huh. we are going to defend our fellow Tutsis in Eastern Congo. So that's what they are. And I'll go on to the, the, those they are fighting against. And that's okay. how it becomes an international issue. Okay. So, so in your opinion, why, why is the DRC and Rwanda um, beefing right now? Yeah. So as I said, the, it, it all sort of emanated from around the Rwandan genocide. Yeah. Uh, and that's, like a, that's a very perfect question because the Rwandan genocide was ended uh, predominantly by the Tutsi 
predominantly by the predominantly Tutsi Rwandan Patriotic Front, the RPF, led by General, who is now the President, Okagame. It is basically in his interest and the group's interest to clamp down on all genocide perpetrators. They call them genocidaire, many of whom are in an armed group, which is known as the FDLR, who are based in Eastern Congo. So there seems to be a convergence of interest when we, are, when we realize that the M23, who are also predominantly Tutsi, are defending the Tutsis in Eastern Congo. And therefore, the DRC says its instability in Eastern Congo is exacerbated by Rwanda supporting and backing the M23. Do you get that? So basically, the M23 also are defending ethnically Tutsi Congolese in Eastern Congo who are being persecuted by former genocidaires and oh, former... Okay. What I mean, yeah. and then the government of Rwanda, which basically ended the genocide, which is which was initially predominantly Tutsi force, is okay. also against the persecution of uh, Tutsis and the reigniting of the genocide. So Congolese government gets it that oh, it kind of looks like they are backing these guys. This is alleged, right? This is mm. alleged. So allegedly, I'll yeah. be I'll be uh, you allegedly gay. So anytime you say yeah, allegedly. allegedly. Yeah, yeah yeah so so basically that's what the congolese government is arguing that you are causing instability in this part of the country you know congo is massive right huge congo was colonized huge. by belgium belgium fits huge. over to... is that your trump yeah that's my trump huge okay i'm sorry so congo belgium fits into congo like over 28 times mm. that's how big Congo is. So the capital city is in Kinshasa, which is far to the west. And Eastern Congo is sort of like this somewhat vacuum from the Congolese government. So there's always okay. this, there's over 150 military groups just operating there. Wow. So Congo then says, oh, Rwanda is backing M23, so you're causing instability. Allegedly. Yeah. So allegedly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um okay so from what you're saying you've got uh rwanda just basically just trying to uh clamp down on you know genocide uh perpetrators that ran into congo and then we've mm. got m23 defending um the tutsis in eastern congo and the the same perpetrators and then the congolese government's like hey right there's something something weird is going on and like you're you're starting to cause a little bit of instability in my in my end so like uh is, is that a good summary yeah basically basically okay. um um yeah so that, that that's what the whole dispute is about uh, i checked this yeah. tracker called the kivu tracker at okay. eastern congo uh because the regions is north and south kivu those are the provinces are you, are you gonna put the link in the description is it free actually yeah, yeah, it's free. Anyone okay. can check it out. Give okay. tracker, just Google it. Uh, so it's about 90, 90 people died, I think, in May. That's the latest oh. I saw. Okay. I think a few more have died, but the big, huge incident was in May. About around 90 people died. Um, a Rwandan soldier was also killed in Congo. And then Rwanda, therefore, accused Congo of enabling the FDLR. Now, remember the FDLR are basically this uh, group of predominantly Hutu former many of them are former um, government members of congo who left because they were accused of starting the genocide many of them are actually genocidaires they actually perpetrated the genocide really? and that's where rwanda gets really angry yeah. 
Um, so basically, Rwanda accused Congo of enabling the FTLR, a group it considers genocidious. And uh, Congo therefore accused it of supporting the M23. And we all remember, we all, I already explained why uh, this was the M23. So basically, this heated um, exchange results in the thawing of what were actually improving relations after the DRC in 2019 um, called Felix Tshisekedi. Uh, basically, you know, it just resulted in the halting of all bilateral relations, economic agreements, things were actually on the up. So now that this happened in 2022, in May, um, yeah, stuff got really uh, rough. And even Rwanda, Rwanda Air, this new up and coming airline, um, Rwanda's national carrier was banned from flying into the DRC. Now, wait, wait, is, wait, 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 you mentioned, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, I don't know if you mentioned this, but like, uh, didn't uh, Congo join the East African community. Yes, and I'll explain that when we're talking about the solution. Okay. Peace processes. Okay, okay, okay. Um, there's been serious, this is a serious pressure point because it's a vacuum, right? You have a situation where there's a vacuum and as I, as we said before, Congo is massive and it's got multiple neighbors. Wait, wait, when, when you say vacuum, you mean like there's no structure and political... It's, it's, yes, the, the political structure it's so almost like, absent in so like most the parts of it. commands that are coming from the executive are basically non-existent well they're not non-existent but like it's very easy to undermine them okay yeah yeah so like yeah. you know what i mean yeah it's yeah. very easy to undermine the, the the congolese army and there's different sort of people sort of carve off their own areas of authority. Like you could go there to Eastern Congo and be like, hi, oh, my name is Lord Nathan. Therefore, you know, this is my flag and I want these minerals. It's not that easy, but you know, you, you get the drift. Yeah. Um, basically there's over 150 armed groups. I counted like around 200, but yeah, I most mean, people say it's over 150 armed groups, including yeah. the M23, which is the biggest and the most efficient, which is also another reason why they blame Rwanda because oh, yeah. how could the whole group be so efficient? Uh, and it's mineral rich, you know. Um, we put out an Afrofact the other time about how Congo's mineral potential geologically is worth 23 trillion US dollars. 23 trillion. 23 trillion. trillion. Yeah, so we're talking about neck on neck with the American GDP. Mm. So that's mm. the mineral potential. So lots, minerals literally oozing out of the ground. People like just, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so you have a bunch of armed groups, you have a vacuum politically because the government is so far, and then you have Rwanda, which is very uneasy about the instability. Yeah, so my question was, um, aren't there like government institutions at the local level? Like, yeah. why are they weak? Like, well, weak? yeah, they, they, they are. They are government institutions. They're still the Democratic Republic of Congo. Like, exactly. But but the the thing is they they the chain of command, uh, how people register with the government in Kinshasa on the ground in Eastern Congo is very is very weak and very loose. So it's very easy. Uh, that's why they call it a vacuum. It's very fragile. There's lots of opportunities for people with alternative uh, sort of directions to set up their own authorities. Like you could literally go there and just plant the flag up there and be like, oh, my name is Lord Nathan and you know, yeah. or Lord Rambo, you know, just come up with some name. Yeah. But yeah, it's anyone, it's really, it's, it's really dire. There's almost like, it's almost, so it's almost, it's almost no, like, like, yeah. But this is not to say that people aren't trying. I mean, there's NGOs and so on that are trying to 
provide some sort of welfare net, have public and, and what what are the solutions that are, that that you've seen that seem to be yielding some sort of if yeah, any so, good result? So, so because of how you know we talked about how large Congo is, how many minerals they are, and uh, how there's over 150 armed groups, you know, including the M23. It it it, it it's it, it's a, and the history of it being such a massive war, you know, one of the biggest wars in world history, Africa's biggest war. Lots of people want to be involved in it because it's an international um, crisis and pressure point. So um, at the moment, there's basically two processes. There's um, the Nairobi process, which is done by the EAC, and the Luanda roadmap, which is done by the AU through the ICGLR. Wait, you just said a bunch of letters, bro. Uh, you, you have the what? So the EAC stands for the East African Community. Okay. It's a regional body that uh, aspires for a closer integration economically, socially, and politically that includes Tanzania, Rwanda, Burundi, Kenya, Uganda, and recently, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Is mm. what so this is the East African bloc. And so basically, these guys in June... Um, through Kenya, Uhuru Kenyatta as president, of course, now former, former, outgoing, outgoing. there's mm -hmm. a president effect, right? It's a process. Uh, so basically, Uhuru Kenyatta um, mediated these meetings uh, with the DRC and Rwanda, and they basically agreed on a joint armed force, the regional joint armed force, to tackle the M23. Um, although the DRC basically refused Rwanda to be part of that joint um, East African force. Okay. And then you said there's another one? Yes, the other one is the AU. Um, right, so the AU obviously is the African Union, um, which is a continental body of states uh, that's tasked, uh, that's basically tasked the head of the ICGLR. Now, the ICGLR stands for the International Conference for the Great Lakes Region. Great Lakes region is basically the region of big lakes in Africa, Tanganyika, Victoria, Lake Malawi, I think as well. Um, so that region has a lot of biodiversity, minerals, lots of people. So it's, there's a body that deals with these things. So that's the one. And the head of that organization is Angola's president, Shao Lorenzo. And uh, he's also going for another election, so he might be former. I mean, I'm not going to speculate. Yeah. yeah. Unlikely, probably. Um, anyway. So Jao Lorenzo um, is the head of the IGCLR and the African Union tasked him to also come up with some sort of solution. This resulted in the Luanda roadmap named after the capital of Angola in July. Uh, so this one basically agreed to a ceasefire okay. and uh, that the DRC deal with the M23 domestically uh, with the Nairobi process, which was the troops. And then now, according to Rwanda's presidential spokesman, it also included aims at defeating in quotation marks the fdlr which remember is rwanda's main enemy they want to totally eliminate the fdlr and its affiliates oh, so, uh, so, so one guy is dealing with one group one is dealing with another group yeah, no the congo has basically been tasked with defeating the fdlr because that's the one that rwanda feels congo is not doing okay 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 yeah yeah, yeah. so that, that's sort of, I think, I'm pretty sure that was Rwanda's, like, make sure this guy defeats yeah. the FDLR. Um, and basically, uh, they have now also reestablished uh, permanent commissions um, 
between the two states and what's that what's that what's that what's that what's that what reestablish well basically they're 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 in good terms now they, ah, they, okay. I, I won't say they're cool mm. but it's better than before okay so the airlines i don't think the airline is still flying though mm-hmm. but they sort of this contact now like you know so the first steps in sort of peace mediation is being able to talk to each other you know okay. like when, you know like when you're the couple right there's no way you're gonna go silent treatment until well, uh, yeah i mean yeah. I get you. I get you. So, so, so basically, the situation is becoming there's a, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I mean, we can be cautiously optimistic. I think. Okay. Um, kinda. Yeah. Of, are you saying kinda? Well, the um, there's there was a ceasefire. The ceasefire has already been broken and um... died uh a few days ago and the un base also saw four people die including like two un officers so Scary. when i saw when i say cautiously optimistic that's what you mean you know with capital letters yeah uh because yeah. as i said in the beginning it's, it's a merry-go-round of peace ceasefire conflict peace ceasefire conflict so hopefully this one will work um mm. yeah i don't i don't know I don't know what what do you what do you what do you have to say what do you what do you gather from this man i don't know like i feel like there are too many too many different interests and too many different groups that uh are there and to be able to like bring all those guys together and bring yeah. peace i think is, is is going to require like a lot of investment and a lot of different you know yeah and this is stakeholders. just one yeah this is just okay not one but two main groups and yeah. two countries and we're talking about hundreds of armed groups precisely Uganda has the uh, you know has its own groups that spill in from congo um obviously you know and um, mm. and this emanates to the first and second congo war so yeah. huge history highly complex and, and I'm, uh, I'm i'm definitely less optimistic because like um as well i i feel like a lot of this is also tied to uh wealth inequality and i think that the gap is just it just keeps getting wider man especially with these disruptions like covid19 and um this yeah, new war that's there i think COVID-19, it's just covid19 is just like one <laughs> extra problem yeah you know like, there, there's there's more than enough problems there exactly there's there's there's, right. there's a ton of stuff to deal with and i think the solutions that have to come there have to be like i think they have to be holistic yeah you know there, there really has to be a holistic approach that deals with multiple you know multiple issues so yeah because it's 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 sort of like that's why it even requires two different peace processes at, at the same time because it's at so, the same time so, yeah like who has two dif- two different peace processes at the same time how do you like you have to coordinate how do you coordinate that? yeah that's, that's how, weird that's how much of a pressure point it is because it was africa's war africa's great war like it could potentially become another well, war if it's not yeah, yeah. i mean i yeah. get it i'm like kind of causing a bit of alarm but yeah, yeah. it's very possible um, yeah, yeah 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 no i think uh many of the neighboring countries should be concerned because you know like it obviously yeah. could have spillover effects and things like that so yeah man I, I mean i don't even know how to close this episode now that was very very depressing i don't know um 
Yeah. Well, I think we can be, we can be, we can be kind of hopeful. I mean, there are efforts at peace. It's not like you know. It's, okay. It's, it's, yeah. It's it's not like everyone's just gonna die, and no one is doing anything. There are people doing stuff. It's not only governments, even NGOs on in Eastern Congo mm. that are, you know. Obviously, there's the Red Cross. Those guys are always That's crazy. there. That's crazy. I was actually kind of expecting you to have a solution. So I just so you are just on theory. You're just a theory game. I mean, the solution is, I mean, just a theoretical. Because a lot of these solutions okay. that are there, yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> I know, it always starts with theory. I'm I mean. just messing with you. Anyways, yeah, man, I just have to close because of time. I have to close this episode out. Thank you so much for joining us. Is this, yeah, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this episode. Um, yeah, join us again next week. Um, that's it for me. I don't know, Zeng, if you have any closing remarks. Um, Allegedly. I mean, after you just, trash my entire profession uh, <laughs> be a theory guy yeah. but but yeah i think i think I, I i am an afro optimist and i think nathan is as well which is why we started this show and you know when it comes down to it you know we're not here to like regurgitate stereotypes so i am very hopeful that they can be greater peace in congo because people have would have learned from their lessons and not everyone is the same from before so i'm cautiously optimistic um something good could come out of this but i wouldn't be surprised if violence comes again but how it's responded to you know what i mean people should be prepared to minimize it um and eventually end it so yeah i think that's it and uh, hopefully we'll, hopefully we might throw in another episode on the history of congo just so okay. people can get the whole background to it but this is what's going on right now okay uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Make sure you hit that notification bell. Make sure you follow us on all platforms, Africa for Dummies. Make sure you leave us a rating and uh, give us those uh, those stars, five stars, whichever you feel. If you feel like it was a one-star episode, it's up to you. I'm not going to force you, but five stars would be nice. But yeah, <laughs> anyways, uh, thank you for joining us. See you guys next week.